Hello and welcome along to episode 50 of the All Things Least podcast with myself, Ed McIntyre, and joining me as ever is my co-host, Charles Foster. Hello. Hi, Matt. You alright? Yeah, you? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. You enjoying Love Island? I don't watch it, Matt. <laughs> every time every time I think about it, you know, see up my timeline, some of my brain cells disappear, so I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't barely see anything about yeah. it. Yeah, I tried watching it. I tried watching the first episode, and it was just awful. It's mind, I could not handle watching TV, it. Matt. Yeah, it, it's dreadful. It's dreadful. Uh, if you watch Love Island, what are you doing? What, what are you doing? It's awful, awful television. I've a, a um, <laughs> But you will. You will. Yeah, I'm sorry, Matt. I'm just a bit... I've got a chesty cough, so... I'll try and not cough all over the podcast. Oh, yeah, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> I don't think people will be too happy with that. Uh, well, we've got uh, plenty to discuss in this episode. We'll be uh, we'll uh, look back on Leeds United's 2-0 loss to Sheffield Wednesday at Ellen Road last Saturday. We'll also look to uh, see how the under-23s, under-18s and women's team have done this week, as well as look at some news that's come out of Ellen Road, including all of the latest transfer rumours and gossip. And we'll also look ahead to Leeds United's next game. That sees them take on Queen's Park Rangers away at Loftus. Road this Saturday. This is the All Things Leeds podcast. Well, uh, let's get straight into last Saturday's game then. Leeds United losing 2 0 to Sheffield Wednesday at Ellen Road. Uh, now, Marcel B also made two changes from the side that started in that 1 0 loss at Wednesday. At the one, at the one-one draw rather, at West Brom on their New Year's Day, Barry Douglas replaced Ali Oscar at left back while Bamford started up front. But Marcel Bielsa could not turn his poor form against Guy Monk around, and he's now lost three and drawn one of the four times he's faced Gary Monk. And we got monked essentially. We got Gary monked <laughs> on Saturday. Really, how, how are we feeling after after Saturday's game? Annoyed, uh, deeply unsatisfied. Worried, numb. <laughs> That's your four words. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, it was quite a disappointing and frustrating game, wasn't it? Yeah, um, especially give, it. It reminded me. It reminded me a bit. Of, the way we were playing reminded me of last season, and the word that Sheffield Wednesday were playing reminded me of. Um, do you remember when we played Burton Albion under Gary Monk? Yes. And um, Wood scored in like the 80th minute, and then uh, the Cara won a pen on about the 90th minute. And we won the game 2-0, but we played awfully. And we just defended against Burton Albion for 90 minutes. Yeah. It it was like a role reversal of that. It felt exactly like that. It felt like they just... They didn't do anything. They, they soaked up pressure. And then when we kind of ran out of ideas, Bannon just took over in midfield, started running it. And then we just got punished right at the end because we couldn't... I remember because Bamford spurned yet another chance on about 86 minutes. And they just went down the other end and scored immediately. Yeah. Long ball. Uh, Alioski, poor defensive header. Ben White uh, loses the uh, just pass it straight into the middle of midfield, gets intercepted, laid through, and Casilla gets beaten at his near post. Yeah, we'll, we'll go on to the goals in a second, but they're really, really poor goals. And as you say, they did nothing. All you, all you need to do is look at the stats: two shots on target and two, two goal. goals. Yeah. Whereas us, probably what feels like five hundred. Million shots on target and no five, goals. I think. Fourteen <laughs> shots, five on target. We had. Yeah, yeah, it's awful and it is quite worrying to be honest. And uh, we weren't great at all 
in this game. But I'd say that we were, we were the better team in the first half, though. We missed uh, many opportunities. Jack Harrison, I remember, uh, missed it, it a good like, shot that was saved. It was like we had a bet on ourselves to lose the game <laughs> for how many <laughs> shots we were just putting randomly yeah. wide. I mean, in the first half, we missed many chances. I remember uh, a ball flashed across flashed across the face of a girl and Harrison all he had to do was just dive forward it was, yeah, it was off a, and it was in it was off a Calvin Phillips free kick he whips it in yeah. great ball to the back post uh, Harrison gets to it first and on his right foot weaker foot and side foots it past the post it's yeah. actually easier to, to score <laughs> than it was to miss yeah. and he ja- put it wide Jack Harrison played well though Patrick Bamford also missed a few opportunities as well uh, midway through the first half Leeds did have a ball in the back of a net but Matosh Click was ruled offside some said that that he didn't look offside some said that he did look offside it was a close one 50-50 some get given some don't what was your take on it? well I mean you know, at the game, I celebrate the goal because I thought it was legitimate. Everyone did. Yeah, yeah, you did. I didn't. You didn't because you saw the offside well, I, flag. Yeah, I saw the offside flag. I didn't see the offside flag. And to me, it looked onside. So I celebrated the goal and then it was given offside. And having seen after the game the highlights, he was clearly onside. It, it looked just onside. It was definitely a close one. But to me, it looked just onside. On. Yeah, he looked just onside. And if not for centre half, for full back on the, on the far side. Uh, it looked just on, but you know, some you get given, some you don't, and it's the way the wind blows, really. Uh, but it was a good goal, to be fair. Jack Harrison did well to keep the ball in. Nice ball to click, and a nice cross as well to Bamford, and nice header in as well. It was a good goal, and if it counted, probably one of the goals of the season for us. The thing us. is, though, with borderline um, offside decisions, you're supposed to give the benefit of doubt to the attacking team. Yeah. You, in football, you're supposed you to. But it's CFL officials, officials yeah. mate, we've we've spoken about them on this podcast a lot. Also, I think we all slagged off VAR when we were playing Arsenal, but VAR probably gives that goal. Yeah, probably does. It really does. Um, VFL officials, we've said many times, they are awful, and it's a serious problem that needs to be looked at. But um, so, some get given your way, some don't. And yeah, that goal was ruled out, 0-0 at half-time. And Leeds United were just absolutely shocking in the second half. Awful in the second half, creating nothing really. Bamford, I think he spooned a shot just just like way over the bar from not too, you know, from close range. He it, should have scored that. Fair, he was getting rugby tackled at the time. I did notice that throughout the entire game. Every time one of our players had the ball, the Wednesday players didn't attempt to tackle our players. They just grabbed them by the arm. Did you notice that as well? Whenever we were whenever we were dribbling with the ball, they wouldn't try and tackle. They just grabbed the arm, and the referee never gave any decision, any yeah. fouls for that, unless they went in on with with the legs, which they did occasionally. Yeah, it really really annoyed me. Um, but but yeah, Bamford we, again we missing were, chances. But he should he should be putting that away. Um, there was that was that one where he wins the ball on his right foot in the second half as well, and he, and he cuts it onto the his line. left. Yeah, runs to the byline, cuts back onto his left foot because he doesn't have a right foot. He does not have a right foot, does Patrick Bamford. He tries to lay it into the middle of the goal, into the, sorry, the middle of the uh, 18-yard box. And the chance and, is wasted. And then he's, the Wednesday clear it and yeah. then it's gone. Bam- Bamford does not have a right foot and he's so frustrating because he's always, you know, if there's an opportunity for him to shoot on his right foot, he always has to cut back onto his left foot and it's really, really frustrating. He had that one in the first half where he kind of broke through. He was kind of one-on-one and he, it, it looked from where we were stood like he just passed it to the keeper, didn't he? Do you remember that one? Yeah. In the first half, when we were getting really frustrated with him, because he was—he was, he literally had a clear line to go, yeah. and nobody anywhere near him. Yeah, I mean Bamford—he he didn't have a good game, missed many opportunities. What's your take on Bamford? Because for me, he's not good enough. He is not good enough, and for me, I don't think he's a striker. I think he's a number ten, or if he is going to play at front, I think he play—I think he needs to play at front with another person next to him. That—that's just my opinion. But I don't think he's good enough by himself on his own as the number nine striker. No, he's. Very frustrating player. 
you, you just see him get into such good scenario, good situation, good scenarios, and just ruin it. Yeah. I mean, the classic Leeds United fashion of snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, like we did throughout this entire game. To be fair, but he he built up a bit of goodwill with the Leeds fans because he started scoring again, and it seemed like we were okay. And in that West Brom game, when he came on, came on replacing Ketia, we all thought we looked much better with him in the team. But he just misses chance after chance after chance yeah. after chance. And we, we create more chances than anyone in the league. Bamford has the most shots inside the box of any player in the league. That, that, that is a stat. How can the player that has the most shots inside the box not even be in the top five? Exactly. exactly. For, for me, he's not a striker. He's not clinical enough. And if he is playing as a striker, he needs someone up with him. He just needs help up there. But, you know, I appreciate all that he does. You know, it's clear to see that without him in the team... We don't have that kind of, you know, it's it's a piece missing from the machine, really. I think he's got 61 or 62 shots in the league inside the box. Yeah. And he scored 10 goals. It's not good enough. It's not one good in six conversion it, rate from inside the box. It's simply not good enough. If you're wanting to go up, you need a striker who's more clinical than that. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I've been supportive of Bamford. Leeds fans are very supportive of, of him. You know, we, you know, when he goes through massive goal droughts, he could not score for an entire season and we'd still, you know, really support him. But I think you need to come to the realisation that he just isn't good enough. He just isn't good enough if you wanted to go up. You need another striker in there who's who's clinical. And we'll get on to transfer rumours in a bit. But Bamford, really poor game here. And for me, he's been poor for a number of weeks. You know, I appreciate all that he does in the team. But, you know, Bamford will go on a massive goal drought and then score, you know, three goals in two games or five goals in four games. And they're all tappings. They're all tappings, and then he'll go on a massive goal drop again. For me, it's not good enough, and yeah, that that's just my opinion on it. A lot of people may disagree with me, but a lot of people may agree with me. Who knows? Um, but yeah, for me, Bamford, I, I don't think he's a striker. He needs help up there. I appreciate all that he does, but he's not a good enough number nine for me if we're wanting to go up. Because if we go up into the Premier League, he's not good enough for the Premier League. Simple as no, that. He's not. Simple as that. You get um, players that were scoring 20, 25 goals in the Championship last season that have gone up like Ollie McBurney and are scoring like seven or eight goals in the Prem. Like Bamford's getting 10 goals in the Championship. He's not scoring in the Prem. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Unless we get a penalty or something like that. Yeah, another striker's definitely needed. Uh, back onto the game then. So Sheffield Wednesday, they uh, took the lead late on. It's seven minutes through uh, Jacob Murphy. Uh, nice through ball, but poor defending and just even worse goalkeeping. As we touched on earlier, Murphy... Somehow managed to score from a really tight angle, beating Kiko Kse at his near post. How does this go in? He has no right to score. I saw here. an angle from behind the cop, and it's it's appalling. He it literally just falls on his ass. He has no right to to score this. Does Murphy? No. It's awful goalkeeping. Bad angle. It's, he just it's a punt at the near post. They get saved nine times out of ten by a competent goalkeeper. Yeah. How does Casilla not cover his front post? This is near post. Tight angle. There's nowhere else for Jacob Murphy to shoot. If he shoots to the far post, it's going wide. Shoots at the near post, you cover your near post and you're saving it. But Kiko Kseir just falls on his ass and he lets it go in. Awful goalkeeping. Don't know how this goal went in. He had no right to, but he did. And they were 1-0 ahead late on. And fans had already started to leave. And then Ellen Road just emptied when the second one went in on the fourth minute of added time. Barry Bannon with a nice through ball to Adam Reach, Adam Reach on the left. Luke Ayling caught out of position for me. Luke Aylin's that position, not watching yeah, his man. Yeah, wasn't aware of his man at all. Yeah, and Adam Reach, first-time ball into the box, and Nui Hu scores, uh, first-time finish into the top left-hand corner. Awful defending again. And as I mentioned earlier, two shots and two goals. Dreadful. 
I don't think you can blame Casilla for the second one. No. I'd, I'd have to blame Luke Ayling for the second one. No, but... And someone should have been covering uh, Bannon in midfield yeah. as well. No, but you can blame the goalkeeper for me. And you can blame Ben White as well, because Barry Bannon, nice ball, albeit you know, tied and reach, but you know, the ball's rolling into the box. Adam reaches miles out on the left, and he has to come right in. Ben White's there, and he's jogging backwards. He should either sprint to that ball or tell Casilla, you run out to it, like he does you know, ten, you know, nine out of ten times. Yeah, but they didn't hear. Everyone fell asleep. was awful in this yeah. game. There was that. I mean, we were saying on the LS11 podcast. I was that. Remember that ball that um, I think Hernandez put it through midfield and Bamford uh, click and held across to all dummied it and yeah. we lost the ball. How could it have three players dummy the ball? Yeah, communication was awful. And the second goal that Sheffield Wednesday scored, everyone just stood still, poor defending, and yeah, two 0 to Sheffield Wednesday. Ellen Road emptied. And Wednesday held on to win 2-0 and celebrated like they had just won the league. They celebrated like Derby County did last season. I don't I don't blame them for celebrating the goals because I would have celebrated the oh, goals yeah. in a similar fashion. But, but it's after after the game with their fans. They're doing the you know, the, the you know, the, the chanting and you know, throwing arms about and everything. They celebrated like Derby did last season when they got to play off final. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll look forward to celebrating when they get relegated. Yeah. With their twenty one point deduction. Yeah, that'll, exactly. That'll warm my heart <laughs> deep inside. Seeing yeah. their miserable fans' faces they realise they've got to spend a, a year going to Yeovil away <laughs> like we did yeah yeah they, they've got that uh, 21 point deduction looming over their Hopefully heads they get so. absolutely smashed by the EFL for yeah. that that'd yeah. be brilliant yeah that'd be brilliant because they're celebrating like they'd won the league here so that's not yeah. bi- that's karma not, that's, not, karma, that's guys. not just bitterness I don't like them in general yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, well after uh, the results of the weekend after that loss and after Bristol City won they won in the yearly game beat QPR 3-1 um, in the yearly Perfect. kickoff. Uh Brentford, yeah, Bristol City, yeah, yeah, Brentford, uh, Bristol City. They won as well, I think, didn't they? West Brom, they drew, they drew to Aldo, to away Charlton. at Charlton. Yes, Forest um, drew. They scored a 96th minute opening goal, and they got cancelled out by a 98th minute equaliser. Wow, wow. Forest um, fans going mental in their comments. It was really funny. It, <laughs> it almost cheered me up, almost. <laughs> Uh, but after the results at the weekend, Leeds dropped down to second in the championship table and they sit one point behind uh, league leaders West Brom and are now six points clear, only six points clear of Brentford in first. Not in the Forest, who are, I think, fifth. They have a game in hand, so they could decrease that gap to five points. Are you worried? Yes, I'm a Leeds United fan. It's my natural state. Yeah. Yeah, we are poor at the moment. The only saving grace is that West Brom are having as poor a run of form as we are. Yes. And but all all it's meaning is the league is going from done to being compressed again, which nobody wants. Yeah, absolutely nobody wants that. Six points clear now of, of third. It is worrying. Let me read a few things out for you. So Leeds, <laughs> so Leeds have won. Just one of the last seven games in all competitions, and that was yes. thanks to a 95th minute own goal yeah, you, you away put, at Birmingham. You put in the Arsenal game, there, yeah. yeah, 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 in all competitions. So Leeds have only won one game of the last seven games in all competitions, and that was thanks to a 95th minute own goal away at Birmingham. Leeds have now conceded from the first shot and target faced in five of our last six league games, ten times in total this season. Uh, credit to at LUFC Data on Twitter for that one. Uh, ten goals conceded in our last in our first twenty one league games. We had the best defence in Europe at, at one time, but we've now conceded thirteen in our last six league games. And on the tenth of December, just over a month ago, tenth uh, of December, we had just won seven games in a row. We kept five clean sheets in that run, and we were eleven points clear of third. And we're now six points clear of third. At least falling apart again. It feels like last season. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. I've got strong kind of 
I don't know what the word would be, kind of memories of last season is, is kind of in your head when you think about these kind of things. We're always awful in January. We always are. We were awful under uh, GFH. We were awful under Bates. We were awful under Rajazani. Uh, uh, ownership, obviously, not management. I'm clear there. <laughs> but no matter who's managing us, who's owning us, we are awful in January. Yeah. Seems to be no matter what squad we have, we're always awful at the uh, same even, point. Even when we've had good teams like under Monk and under Grayson and under Bielsa, we've all been terrible in January. I mean, we could have Man City's team and they'd still do Leeds things like going 3 0 up and join 3 3 and having a part of an form in the new year. Honestly, whatever squad and manager we awful. have, the, the same things happen each season. We just. We, we need. If we get a big signing, I think that'll give us the lift. Yeah. It'll lift the club, it'll lift the fans, it'll lift exactly. the players. Like Kiko Kseo last season when we brought him in, we, we, our form kind of turned around, really. Yeah, it did a bit, and he made a few good saves, and everyone was kind of bigging him up. And then, obviously, the Derby's playoff semi-final happened, but <laughs> we'll, we'll ignore that. Yep. But, like, Daniel James would have been the big lift last season had we got it over the line. Exactly. If you've seen the documentary, you can, you've seen him sat in Victor Otto's office with a lead shirt in his hands. And you can see all the lease players texting James Mooney, um, you know, see if he signed it or not. Asking what's going on. Yeah, exactly. We, we need a big lift here because we're in really poor form uh, right now. That's now uh, three draws, two losses and just one win from the past six league games. Just not good enough. Awful form at the moment. I, I'll ask you, are Leeds falling apart again, do you think? I'd like to think not. I'd like yeah. to think this was our season blip. You'd like to think it's just a little blip and we'll pick like it up think, again. i like to think this is just Leeds doing Leeds yeah. things in January. And so we have a good team. And that we'll sort it out. We have a good team with some good players. You just hope that it's a little blip and I, we'll I'd pick like it up again. With the addition of Forshaw and Shackleton back into midfield. Yeah, exactly. Possibly next week. Uh, with with us maybe getting an early goal against QPR, that'd be nice. Or if not, just grinding out a 1-0 win. That'll be, that'll, that'll give us the big lift. Yeah, absolutely. Especially given... QPR will doubtlessly get their obligatory penalty down in London because every team we play down in London <laughs> gets a penalty for free off the EFL. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we do, of course, move on to QPR away this Saturday. We'll look ahead to that game later on in the show. But first, let's have a look at how other Leeds United teams have done this week. So, uh, the Leeds United first team, they couldn't beat Sheffield Wednesday, but the Leeds United under-18s, they could as they beat Sheffield Wednesday under-18s 5-4 on penalties in the fourth round of the FA Youth Cup last Thursday night. Jack Jenkins headed home on 67 minutes to make the score one all and take the game to a penalty shootout, which Mark Jackson's side ended up winning to go through to the next round. Fantastic achievement, is this? Yeah. I mean, we, we've. Um, I think the last time we won the Youth FA Cup was in '93. So. FA Youth Cup. That's what I mean. I, I just said that. <laughs> you said Youth FA Cup. Oh, it's the same thing. Then. <laughs> FA Youth Cup. Then I do apologise for getting the words the wrong way around. <laughs> yeah, but '93 was when we beat uh, and we beat Manchester United at the final. So. Yes. It'd be nice to knock them out next round. It, yeah, should should they beat Norwich City? Yeah. Uh, which they may not. But Yes, yeah, so the uh, under-18s, they will play either Norwich City or Manchester United under-18s away in the fifth round. So it could be a very, very tasty game in the next round. Well, no, that, that game will be the fourth round, won't it? Because they've not played yet. Well, we might put... Yeah, like, that's we'll, in the fourth we'll, round. Yeah, we'll play, in the, we'll play yeah. whoever wins that in the fifth so, round. So it could be a very tasty yeah, but game. But yeah, but yeah the, uh, it's away as well, so it'll be... Whether or not we'll play it at their training ground or we'll play it at Old Trafford, which will be that'll be good for yeah, well, I don't think it'll be at Old Trafford. It'll be at some you know, gym complex I don't or know whatever. What their training pitch is called. 
I don't particularly care, but <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll play we'll play them over there. Oh, Norwich will have to be a long trip for the players. Yeah, Norwich. that'll be a long trip, Norwich City. So hopefully we get Manchester United. That'll be a very uh, very good and exciting and tasty game for knock the them out. Uh, that'd be nice. under eighteen juice. Yeah, just knock them out. <laughs> yeah, knock them out. That'll be great. That'll be uh, fantastic. Might even make national um, news. <laughs> uh, but yes, fantastic stuff from the Leeds United under 18s and Mark Jackson's side. Big shout out to them and uh, big congratulations to them for winning in the fourth round of the FA Youth Cup. Uh, Leeds United under-23s, they were in action on Monday in the uh, PDL North and they beat Crew Alexandra under-23s 2-1 away from home with goals from Jamie Shackleton and Pascal Stewart giving Carlos Corbran's side the win. The weather conditions, they were very difficult to play and I don't know if you saw the live stream. Windy, yeah. yeah, and the cameraman had to keep on clearing the lens every five minutes or so. I think the camera blew down at one point as well. So, yeah, awful weather conditions there. Um, so, a very good victory for, for them here. Yeah, they, I think they got beat by Crew last season. Um, crew have got quite a good youth team. They're quite famous for having a good youth yeah. set up down I think they've crew. got Paul Green. Remember Paul Green? I do remember Paul Green. They have him in there in there on the 23s. Because remember watching Leeds versus Crew at, at Four Parch the under-23s game, and Paul Green were there playing, and I was looking at him like, you look so much older compared to everyone else. <laughs> but yeah, crew have quite a good uh, youth set up there, and they, they got beat by, uh, the crew, crew beat Leeds last season, so in the under-23s, so this was quite a good win. Um, the Leeds were quite good in the first half, kind of running a bit ragged, and kind of mirroring the performance of the first team, were quite poor in the second half, crew probably had the better of Leeds in the second half. Yeah, and Ryan Emerson came out on uh, social media afterwards, and said that he had a poor game, but uh, credit to the goal scorers and Jamie Shackleton getting on the score sheet. Yeah, I think which is fantastic. Edmondson did assist Shack- Shack- uh, Shackleton's goal as well. Um, it was kind of top corner left foot from. Uh, it's more Jamie Shackleton's goal though. I know, simple pass from Edmondson. I know, a simple pass, but assist is assist, and you'll take it. Yeah, um, but he puts it top corner, and then Street kind of scrambled in a, yeah. a, a corner. But good to see Jamie Shackleton getting on the score sheet. Yeah, hopefully he's making his way back to the first team soon. Well, it seems to be fully fit, so you'd expect to see him on the bench, yeah. given where he was before he was injured. But yeah, he was on the bench on the weekend. Didn't didn't manage to come yeah. on, of course. But uh, hopefully we'll see him. Probably could have done with him in midfield. Yeah, probably, probably bring on Jordan Stevens. Weird substitutions against Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, very strange. Yeah, but it didn't really affect the game whatsoever. In fact. <laughs> The sub, all the subs went off at nil nil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I Jamie don't think Shackleton. I don't think Hernandez or Stevens were at fault for the goals though. No, but uh, Jimmy Shackleton. Hopefully, he's uh, back in the first team fold very yep. soon. Uh, now five games unbeaten uh, for the Leeds United twenty three. So hopefully they uh, continue that good run of form. I think, I think it's eight. I think it's eight unbeaten. I think it's five yeah. wins. Five wins in a row. Eight games unbeaten. Yeah. Yes. So That's hopefully it. they uh, keep up that uh, very good run of form. Um, and the Leeds United women's team, they drew 1-1 away at Liverpool Feds last Sunday. Emily Cassidy scored the team's first goal of 2020 to secure a point for Dan O'Hearn's side. Great stuff there, so well done uh, to all of those teams. Uh, let's have a look at uh, some news then. And Leeds United youth player Noah Kenner has signed his first professional contract with the club. Uh, he signed out last Friday, January the 10th, which was his 17th birthday. So many congratulations to him and happy birthday to him as well. Yeah, he's been scouted by um, Man City and PSG as, as known, Kenner. Yeah, it's a good time down to, to professional I think contract. I think his birthday may have tied him down by the sound of it. Yeah. I think it's one of those, if, if you're still with us when you're 17, it's a two, I think it's two-year deal with an option of a third year. Yeah. Um, but if he does get poached, we'll get we'll get quite a lot of money in the uh, <laughs> in the tribunal type thing. You know how much we got for Chelsea? Like six mil off the tribunal. Yeah, not too shabby. But um, yeah, I think I'd like. He's one of those players. We've, um, we're kind of bringing through a lot of players in midfield at the moment, though, aren't we? Because we're bringing yeah. through Shackleton, we're bringing through Gotts, 
We're trying to bring through Kenna. Uh, we're not really bringing through any strikers because Edmondson didn't get in a shower <laughs> at all. <laughs> and uh, obviously, yeah, Saturday, no other strike, no striker on the bench. Yeah, I think it's Charlie Cresswell who's the main kind of centre half. Isn't he's in pole position to yeah to come through. Richard Cresswell's son, um, obviously former Leeds player. But yeah, um, it's lovely to see more midfielders coming through and signing deals and kind of committing to the club. It shows that, because once upon a time, players just used to use Leeds as a bit of a springboard, didn't they? The youth system yeah. used to come up here and then take off somewhere else. Yeah, so it's good that we're tying them down. And uh, yeah, many congratulations to Noah Ken on his first professional contract and uh, happy birthday to him as well. Hopefully he had a fantastic day. Um, in other news, now this isn't Leeds United related, but it is Leeds sports related. And the Leeds uh, Rhinos, they played a friendly game on Saturday against the Bradford Bulls at what was a sold-out Headingley Stadium. It was initially a testimonial match for Rhinos legend Jamie Jones Buchanan, uh, but heartbreaking news came out at the end of 2019 regarding Rhinos legend Rob Burrow, who at the age of 37 has been diagnosed with motor neuron disease, which, if you don't know, is what uh, Stephen Hawking suffered with. Uh, so thoughts and well wishes go out to him and his family, of course, and, and friends. Uh, but because of this awful news, the match was not only JJB's uh, testimonial, but it was also a fundraiser uh, for Rob Burrow and his family, which is brilliant. And credit Sky Sports as well, as they broadcasted uh, this friendly match live on TV. It was a fantastic day, and the Leeds Rhinos, uh, they won 34-10. to 10. And it was also very emotional as well to see all the legends again and uh, them supporting Rob Burrow. So absolutely fantastic. I just needed to mention this because I'm a big rugby league fan. You're, you're, I know that you're not, but I no, am. But I, this I, was I fantastic. Can have, I can have respect for it, and I've, I've, I thought it was, it was quite. A, it's a beautiful moment of kind of humanity in sport, which is, you like to see. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's, uh, there's been a lot of fundraising for, for Rob Burrow. It's a horrible um, kind of neurological disease he's got, and uh, and he's obviously got he's a youngish bloke. He's got young kids, so you, you do feel for him. And it was yeah, it looked like he really, he really loved it. He came on, he came on with about five minutes to go at the end of the game, and had a few minutes on the on the pitch, which I'm yeah. sure he, he loved. Um, so yeah, it was a really nice thing to see. Even Sky, who we regularly have, have a bit of a go at, <laughs> uh, it was free to watch on Sky. Yeah. So that was even 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 a nice gesture from Sky. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. So um, yeah, really really good day. Uh, I was there, Henley. Fantastic uh, occasion and uh, very emotional. Um, but yeah, everyone at All Things Leeds, but they want to wish, uh, you know, well wishes to uh, Rob Burrow. Hopefully, um, yeah, um, he he does well. Really horrible news that one, but a fantastic day uh, on Saturday. And uh, our transfer news then. Uh, let's look at the uh, transfer news and rumours, as of course it is the January transfer window, and uh, <laughs> the has most been a uh, time of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and there has been a few uh, outgoings at Leeds. So, 24-year-old defender Louis Coyle has signed a permanent deal with League One side Fleetwood Town after about three loan spells they're making over 100 appearances for them uh, so this was always going to happen wasn't it I think he's in the top 10 highest appearance makers of all time and he's just ridiculous just signed for them yeah it's ridiculous he's got, isn't he's it? got like 100 and, 120 appearances I think or some, something like that well over 100 appearances which is just insane for a lone player but you know we've um, I always liked Louis Coyle I thought he, was, he seems a nice lad he was a decent defender but obviously he wants regular game time Le- he was never going to get that at Leeds so you just think oh, fair play to lad you're 24 Kind of mi- coming towards the middle of your career, you want to be playing every game. I can respect that. Yeah, and um, it, it appears he's appreciated down there. So fair play to him. Yeah, it was always going to happen. Yeah, it was always going to happen. So uh, yeah, good luck to Louis Cole there, who's now a permanent signing at Fleetwood Town. Twenty-six-year-old uh, forward Paul Sabicki, he returned from his loan spell at Dutch side Erio Den Haag, and uh, will now sign a permanent deal with Polish side Pogon Szczesin. 
I think that's how you pronounce it. I was going to say, excellent yeah. pronunciation with the, with the Dutch name. Yeah. I asked our friend Chris how you pronounce it, and he sent me a voice memo, and I tried to replicate it, replicate it but I just couldn't. Our, our resident Polish expert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can barely pronounce some English words, so I can't, can't pronounce can any Polish names. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sabiki. Never going to get in the team. just a bit average, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, he was all right in a few appearances, but he was never going to get in the team now. He was just one of them, that big raft of auto players that never really achieved anything, the Union OK and the... Uh, uh, the Jeroy Grot, the oh, Kalabekia ban, the Hadi Sacco. It was just like a kind of raft of players that kind of came in and didn't do anything. Yeah. And we now need to shift off our books. Lawrence the Bock as well, who we're going to talk about in a minute. He was another one of them that was just awful. Yeah. So uh, so it's good that we're getting all these players yeah. off our books. And uh, yeah, Paul Shabiki, good luck to him over uh, in Poland. Hopefully he, he does uh, well there. Uh, so yeah, Paul Sabicki has uh, left Leeds United and gone over to Poland on a permanent deal, uh, finally. Uh, 26-year-old left-back Clemens de Bock, uh, as we discussed last week, his loan spell with League One side Sunderland ended and he will now join Dutch side Erio Den Haag on loan with an option to buy. And 23-year-old defender and midfielder Conor Shaughnessy uh, has joined uh, League One side Burton Albion on loan until the end of the season. So all those players, they were never going to get into the Leeds United team and they never featured much for us, really, at the time that they did spend that lead. So it's good that we're getting rid of these players and, and getting them off our books. Yeah. Um, the, it's just, just more players. that just reminds me of the Thomas Christensen era at Leeds. Uh, just, all these players just remind me of how, how strange starting 11s, like <laughs> Anita and people like that. <laughs> just awful. Just bloody awful. Yeah, uh, yeah he... Shaughnessy hasn't really had a look in in about 18 months uh, Christensen liked him but Bielsa hasn't really seen anything in him Lawrence de Bock is never going to be in the lead side again yeah. never I mean 7 games for Leeds 0 wins awful the, the Derby game is still horrendous I, I remember watching that I was uh, in, in dry dock <laughs> and we took the lead through the dodgiest uh, Lasaga goal I've ever seen <laughs> he, just, he just kind of bounced off his chest and rolled in Um and then we we took the lead again for Alioski, who booted it straight at the keeper, and then it bounced off his head. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. that yeah. And then uh, I think it was I think it was Palmer, Casey Palmer, scored the equaliser in the yeah. derby. But the the, the derby's equaliser on the stroke of half time was just uh, Lawrence de Bock being twenty yards away from his man, trying to head the ball, hit the ball, <laughs> and challenge Liam Cooper in the air for a ball because he was just awful. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm not. I'm not annoyed to see the back of Lawrence de Bock, if I'm being perfectly <laughs> honest. And I'd love to say good luck to him, but he was awful. So. Yeah. Good luck to Conor Shaughnessy, though. He, he, I, he looked all right for me when no, he was coming through. But he was just yeah. okay. Just, he just, he's just not good enough. Like, I'm, I'm not getting any personal will against these people, but they're just not good enough. Yeah, they're not good enough now, but you know, they're, mm. they're all right. Mm. You know, we'll thank them for what they did at Leeds, but it's good that we're getting them off our books now, freeing up the wages a bit. Um, Elise, now we've signed no players yet, uh, despite it being the 15th of January at the time that we're recording this. Our managing director, Angus Kinnear, in his programme notes at the weekend, wrote that the club were going to do their business early, uh, which not, just hasn't happened. It's not like the manage- the, uh, the club management team to uh, have a bit of a PR disaster, is it? <laughs> <laughs> just feeding us lies here. Uh, oh, we get our business done early, 15, 15 days into January, almost halfway through the month. Not no even, signing Not yet. even signed anybody. Not, not even a youth player. 
Yeah, uh, but we are close to signing a few players, though. Um, an 18-year-old goalkeeper, Elia Capril, is close to completing a move to Leeds from Italian side Chievo. He's highly rated and has featured for uh, Italians uh, for Italy's under-18 side, and it would be a good signing for the uh, youth teams. I think uh, we've seen uh, many uh, players sign for the youth teams over the years. We don't necessarily need another goalkeeper. He's already got four at the club. It it is seems to be a good. Uh, good signing for the under twenty threes, especially with um, Will Hoffer kind of been phased out of the youth teams. Yeah, I ain't heard much of him. Uh, obviously, Myers kind of main goalkeeper when obviously when for the, for the under eight teams at the moment because uh, Mesley is kind of in the twenty threes a lot, uh, kind of staying match fit just for <laughs> waiting for Kiko Casillas possible racism ban. Um, but yeah, it'd be nice to get at least one signing over the line, even if it is a youth player. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's probably unnecessary. We've already got four goalkeepers at the club, but I'm sure that Elia Capri will be a good signing and probably would be a signing for the youth teams at Leeds United. And could 19-year-old winger Ian Perveda also sign for Leeds soon? He's been heavily linked. Uh, he's currently at Manchester City. Never really got into the first team there, but he's highly rated and has played for England under-20s. Uh, he's attracted the attention of a number of clubs, including Italian side Torino, who he's apparently been in talks with, and apparently he's been over in Italy. But Leeds seem to be the front runners for his signature. Don't necessarily need another winger, really, as well. Uh, probably a replacement uh, for Jack Clark. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? He seems to have a bit of an attitude issue, does this guy? Yeah. Vader, from what you can gather from what Man City fans say about him, he seems to have been. He was kind of on the bench a bit for Man City, playing a couple of cup games, and then he went back down to the 23s, and he, his kind of head, his, his head dropped a bit. And there's one thing you've got to be when you're playing for a Bielsa side: it's mentally strong because you are going to get, you're going to get subbed off on the 20th minute. Yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna. Because we've seen Pontus Jansen leave because of his attitude. Yeah, really, you, you need to be able to, to follow orders, um, not not in a kind of. <laughs> kind of dodgy way. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> only following orders. Um, but you you, um, you need to be able to follow orders from Bielsa staff. And they have absolute authority. You cannot afford to let personal slights get in the way of your progression or the progression of the team. So yeah. whether or not he mentally he would suit the side, he seems to physically kind of, he looks like a bit of a, obviously not the same level. He plays kind of like Bernardo Silva does in yeah. that. I mean, that. he's very skillful. And Rome, he's very highly rated. Yeah, as well. very skillful, highly rated, kind of roaming number ten, kind of. It kind of reminds me a bit of Saez, <laughs> you know, roaming number ten, dodgy yeah. attitude. I mean, if we're signing him, he'll be a good option. I think it's more of a Jack Clark replacement than he being beyond twenty three is a lot. Yeah, I mean, but, obviously we can afford one more loan signing on yeah. the bench. Um, but he'd he'd be a good signing anyway, a good option to have really if we do need him if all our wingers get injured. All of a sudden, as I say, it's probably unnecessary because we have plenty of wingers. But as I say. Jack Clark's now left, so probably a replacement for him, um, and it could be could be a good option if we sign him. So Ian Pervader, watch out for that one. Um, and speaking of Jack Clark, of course at the start of January he was recalled uh, back to Tottenham Hotspur, who Leeds sold him to for ten million pound last summer, and he could play against Leeds on Saturday as QPR are said to be uh, signing him. So that'd be a very uh, very uh, interesting to see Jack Clark, a youth player from last season, play against us for QPR. Uh, yeah, that'll be interesting to keep an eye out on uh, on that one. They won't um, play him though. If they've had him for less than a week and he's only been to like two training sessions, they're not going to play him immediately, are they? Yeah, no. I mean, they are struggling. I know. It'd be him whipping the ball into Naki Wells to 
put them three 0 up at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, put, uh, that, that's that's me having a sleepless night tonight, just thinking about that. <laughs> Definitely going to happen. Yeah, uh, but the big transfer story at Leeds uh, is, of course, regarding striker Che Adams. Uh, as discussed last week, the 23-year-old has struggled to gain a regular place in the first team at Southampton, making just 18 appearances in all competitions for them this season, mostly off the bench. And despite scoring uh, two, 22 goals in 46 league games for Birmingham City in the Championship last season, so it's uh, surprising that he hasn't got into the side there. Still young, though, 23 years old, as I said. And uh, Phil Hay, Abbey Athletic, he reports that um, he's Leeds United's top target this month, which is highly a surprise. I think he'd be a fantastic signing. I think he'd We're agree as well. Um, yeah, it's all a bit complicated, isn't it? So we understand that Leeds want a loan and Southampton are up for loaning him uh, for a fee believed to be about £1 million with an option to buy. Um, Adams wants to come to Leeds, but Southampton's manager, Ralph Hassenhutel, wants to keep him as they don't have another striker. So basically, if they sign another striker, we could have Jay Adams. Um, I think they'd allow, to, allow him to go. Uh, but Leeds don't want to wait around. It's all too similar, isn't it, to the Dan James saga from last season. It's all too similar to that. It's going to drag on throughout this month, isn't it? Hassan Hustle playing the uh, Hugh Jenkins role. <laughs> totally torpedo in a Leeds United transfer for no reason. Yeah, I mean, they've got Danny Ings burying 10 and 11 games in the Premier League. But they don't have a backup. He's on fire right now. But as long as he stays fit, and I know Danny Ings and fitness have not been a... Uh, <laughs> they've not been a nice pairing over the years but like Ings is absolutely on fire at the moment so you'd think come on Ralph stop taking the piss give us give us Che Adams but they need another striker though in an ideal world we get Che Adams and they go to Brentford um, and get Ollie Watkins or, or this, no better, or, better yet they sign Mitrovic <laughs> <laughs> it was in, he's, he's injured for three weeks yes go get Ollie Watkins at Brentford I think though that might be a <laughs> full manufactured injury, injury so that he doesn't sign for any other club yeah I, I hate Ollie Watkins personally. I think he's a diving <laughs> cheat and a smuggle. <laughs> smug but if Southampton sign him and the let us have Jay Adams, then you know I'm, I'm happy there. Um. We're not, not going to get him though because it seems like the from the things that Phil and Graham are saying is that there's oh, that's, uh, Phil A and Graham Smith on Twitter that he's a big stum- uh, Aston Hustle is a big stumbling block and Southampton probably won't overrule him. Yeah, because imagine how bad that would look. Yeah, you know, if, he, he, if he owner sell him and the manager don't want you, doesn't you, want him to you'd go, you'd be put in a bit of a sticky position as a manager, wouldn't you? And you'd, you'd lose the respect to your players and maybe your fans as well. Yeah, and the manager will lose respect to the owners as well. Yeah, that's true. So it'll, it'll cause probably more issues than it'll solve there. Yeah, and Southampton will think it's probably not worth it. Yeah, Espe- but che- especially for the one million pound loan fee they want, <laughs> with the option to buy. It, it, it sounds a bit like the Dan James thing from that, last that, season. That deal we seems a bit to say that in the. Weighted in favour of Leeds. Yeah. It doesn't seem like Southampton are getting much out of this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Che Adams, though, would be a good signing. 23 uh, years old, as I said. 22 goals for Birmingham City in the Championship last season. It would be a very good signing. Would you say that he would be the difference when it comes to promotion, Che Adams? Yeah. Is this simply, we pay £1 million for a loan fee, we pay £1 million for promotion? Yeah. How many transfer windows, January transfer windows in particular, have we utterly screwed up by not committing? Yeah. I mean, but again, if we sign him... There's, an, and argument, we, there's nope. an argument to be made for us to completely just ignore FFP and go go for it, because we're never going to have a better chance than this. But then again, if if we sign Che Adams for £1 million, we, you know, we, we say, all right, we will buy him for £10 million in the summer permanent deal, and we don't go up, 
then we're in then we're in the shit basically we're in a lot of trouble there well, i mean we're gonna lose calvin phillips anyway so we'll have to sell calvin phillips to fund the transfer of held a cost of 50 million pound and then chair them to 10 million pound yeah but i think we'll probably get 30 mil for phillips so that will, yeah that will probably cover but that is that worth it though is it worth getting rid of calvin phillips for we're gonna lose him regardless mate, at the end of the season if we're not in the premier league so yeah you have to think no matter how much we spend in ffp now if we we either go up and it doesn't matter or we don't go up and Calvin Phillips goes anywhere so yeah. you, and you'd like to think that the club would get enough money for Phillips to cover all the transfers I mean there is that bis, that big risk there if you you know if you, if you just go all at it and then you don't go up because then we're in real but, shit but there we've, but we've, got, we've got an asset that people want that yeah and yeah and if we get Trey Adams we've our chance of promotion go up. up yeah they go massively up so I think the pros outweigh the cons in this, in yeah. this and I think we should probably just say yeah I'd absolutely agree. The pros that way the cons. We just need to go for it. Just need to go for just it. We need to Southampton. Right, we'll give you ten mil right now. Give us give us Chad Adams. We'll get promoted. And then if we don't get promoted, sell Calvin Phillips and we'll pay off the debt. Yeah. Um it, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna certainly be interesting. But I agree with you, pros that way the cons. We just need to go for it. We need to learn from last season and just go for we, it. We've been in this just league. Just go for it. 16 years, mate. 16 or not? Well, no, I mean, in this league for 10 years. Well, obviously, yeah, we had the bit in league. I mean, out, out of the Premier League for 16 years is what yeah. I meant. Uh, in which we have, and there's, <laughs> there's never been a better chance than this. Yeah. Why would you hamstring yourself exactly. by, by not taking advantage of a win- transfer window? Exactly. We need to take advantage of this. We're in a fantastic position. We just need to learn from last season and just go for it. And Trey Adams would be a fantastic signing. But as I say, Leeds aren't going to wait around. They've already, apparently they've identified other targets. Apparently they, they want to go after 28-year-old striker Andre Gray, who's currently at Premier League side Watford. Big he's not ladies. got Yeah, and he's not got great stats either. Just two goals in 18 Premier League games this season. But he probably would be a good signing. He still did well in the Championship when he played in this league. Who did um, he play for? Was it Bolton he played for? Burnley. Burnley. Yes. Did he? Yeah. Um, I think it would still be a good signing for this league anyway. But Che Adams is the main one. Was Was he? Did he use look at Andre Gray? Did he use bit MK Dons with Deli Ali? He was definitely at Burnley. I know that much. Um, Sorry, at Burnley and it was at Burnley. It was at Burnley and at Brentford. He's he's only been at Burnley and Brentford. And he's been at Luton, been at Hinkley Town, been at Telford, and been at Shrewsbury. But the big teams he's been at is Brentford, Burnley, and Watford, which he's at now. Must be thinking of someone else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he probably he'd probably do a job in the championship as well. Yeah, absolutely. But the main one is Trey Adams. It's all a bit complicated. Twenty two goals, four assists last time he was in the championship. Yeah, Trey Adams. So he, he's the main one uh, to go to go after. But that's just going to keep on rumbling on, like the Dan James saga did last season. It's just going to keep on rumbling on. So keep an eye out uh, for it. Uh, and it'll, it'll, uh, let's now look ahead to uh, Leeds United's next game. Then Leeds taking on Queens Park Rangers away at Loftus Road. <laughs> On Saturday, with a kickoff time of 12:30 p.m., so good luck to all the Leeds fans getting up early on that day to travel down. Um, a very early kickoff there for a game away in London, and uh, Leeds we don't have a good record playing in London at all. We've mentioned this many times on the podcast. We've uh, uh, lost all games down there so far this season. Our last win in the capital was on the 9th of December 2017, which was a 3-1 win uh, at QPR. Believe it or not, Kemal Roof's going a hat-trick there. So, we might have a chance here. What do you, what do you think? Do you know who got an assist in that game? Paul Savicki. Paul Savicki, <laughs> yeah. What, 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 One what of do his you think? only two good games for Leeds, that I'm not much at home. Yeah. Uh, what do you think going into this game, then? I'm worried, mate, because yeah. we're in horrendous form and we really struggle in London. 
we got beat there last year in a game we should have won. Um, that 1-0. Yeah, yeah, when Izzy Brown we got came beat on twice tra- there last season. Izzy Brown came on and tried desperately to get sent off <laughs> immediately <laughs> by just two-footing anyone who had the ball. Yeah. We got beat twice <coughs> last there. Uh, twice there last season. Yeah, I think Apple Hound scored in a 2-1 cup defeat. Yeah. Made many changes that, that game yeah. anyway. But, um, yeah, we don't, we don't really have... Uh, particularly good records uh, against QPR. We've lost two of the last three meetings there. Um, but the last time we did play him was at Elvode, second tw- of November, won 2 0 there. Um, but yeah, we don't have a good record down in London. But as I say, the last time we won in London, uh, December 2017, was a 3 1 win at QPR. So um, who knows what could happen here? QPR, though, do not have a great season, of course, managed by. Uh, Mark Warburton did not have a good season at all. They played 27 league games, uh, won 10, drawn 5 and lost 12. Uh, they're currently 15th on 35 points, a mid-table finish for them probably this season. And their uh, current form isn't great either. They've uh, lost 4, drawn 1 and only won 1 of their last 6 league games. The last Until Leeds United came along. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last game, of course, uh, they lost 3-1 away at Brentford, so they didn't do us any favours there. Uh, but in the last two home games, though, they've scored 11 goals. They beat Cardiff City 6-1 in the league on New Year's Day and then beat Swansea City 5-1 in the FA Cup third round. So, what, what are we expecting? Hopefully not. Well, I'm expecting not to get battered 6-1 by, <laughs> like Cardiff did. Um, I'm expecting a really dodgy tight game, 0-0 for most of it. The, the ref will probably give them a penalty for Ben White sneezing or something. Um, <laughs> And we'll lose it 1-0. <laughs> I mean, hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, let's have a look at uh, whoscored.com, of course. Uh, uh, they say that QPR strengths, so they are very strong at creating chances through individual skill. They're strong at creating long shot opportunities. They're strong at creating chances using through balls. Strong at finishing scoring chances and strong at stealing the ball from the opposition. They are weak at defending set pieces. Weak at avoiding fouling in dangerous areas. Weak at protecting the lead, weak at defending against attacks down the wings, and very weak at avoiding individual errors. So a few own goals, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it'd be funny if own goals exceeded Bamford for our top scorer. <laughs> it'd be hilarious. Um, QPS our place, so short passes, possession football, playing in the own half, play the offside trap, they're aggressive. All the things we do, then. <laughs> opponents play aggressively uh, against them. So it's going to be a tough game, I think. It's certainly going to be interesting. QPR do have some good players. Eberichi Eze, the 21-year-old. He was very impressive at yep. Ellen Very impressive. Ran the game for them, really, at Ellen early on in the season. Um, Eze, 10 goals and 6 assists for him in 27 league games. Naki Wells as well, QPR have, the 29-year-old. He's scored 12 goals and got 3 assists in 25 league games. 13 goals in all in uh, 27 games. Uh, games in all competitions uh, Jordan Hugel as well they have down there he mm. scored 8 goals in 26 league games so they have some very good players to Queen's Park Rangers so it's going to be very tough it's going to be very interesting as we discussed earlier Leeds United are in poor form at the moment currently 3 draws 2 losses and 1 win from the past 6 league games we need to turn that form around do you think we will turn the form around what's your score prediction heading into, heading into this game I don't like predicting Leeds to lose we're in such poor form at the moment. I'm going to go for another draw, 1-1. 1-1. 1-1 draw, yeah. Um, I reckon we'll win. London, mate, though. We I know. Down there. I'm hopeful. 2-1. 2-1 to Leeds, I'm going to go for. And we'll see if any of us are right. 
Are you going to start keeping a tally of who's, who's right there? Because yeah. I feel like we should, because I feel like I've predicted a lot of correct results in the past. Yeah. Remember that a that, uh, few uh, months ago when I predicted like four on the bounds correctly? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, mate. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> right, well... We'll see who's right. We'll see who's I'm right. Sure We're probably we going to lose. <laughs> we don't have a good record down in London, but well, no. Uh, <laughs> but uh, hopefully, hopefully, United. I just like to say one word. I promise I'll say this word: snide. Snide. I mean, you won't understand the reference there, but one person watching will understand that reference. I promise okay. I'll get that in. Okay, okay. <laughs> Explain that to us uh, later down the line. Okay. Well. Um, <laughs> but hopefully Leeds United to do win on uh, Saturday. Uh, but that does bring us to the end of episode 50 of the All Things Leeds podcast. Thank you very, thank you very much as always to Charles Cheers. for joining me as always. The big 50. Thank you. I mean, we're not turning 50, although it feels no. like it was supporting Leeds. <laughs> it does. <laughs> We've been in this studio over two days. Oh. <laughs> a long time what a blast it's been <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah thank you uh, very much as always Charles for joining me and everyone I thank you that. everyone uh, who has listened or watched we really do appreciate it and uh, thank you for your support throughout all these 50 episodes um, we really hope you enjoyed and if you did enjoy and why not subscribe or follow the podcast give us a 5 star rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts share the podcast around as well make sure to follow All Things Leads on social media we're on Facebook Twitter and Instagram search up all things leads one on twitter and instagram search up all things leads on facebook keep up to date with everything that is happening subscribe to the youtube channel as well if you have not already search all things leads on youtube me and charles will be back next week so for now take care and we'll speak soon